Hey, this is Dave from Superior Speak, and you're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you're people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 320 of the So Wizard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-host this week, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. I exist. Correct. <laughs> and the expert, Mr. Marquis Martellus Reagans. This is the way. And this week, we've got a very special guest joining us from the Pop Prism Power podcast, Anna. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so happy to be here. Welcome. You are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, we've got some news to talk about, including the new trailer for Mandalorian Season 2. And then we jump into another Round of getting to know you with our top musical albums that influenced us throughout our lives. Is that what? <laughs> yes. What is going on here? Explain your topic. Um, I thought it would be interesting to well, do you were like wrong. <laughs> per <laughs> usual. Um, the top three most influential albums on your life. Oh boy, this is it. This has been a very tough topic, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Before we get into all that, Anna, we're glad to have you here at the show. Tell us all about Pop Prism Power Podcast. Ooh, so uh, we are a uh, totally just blank. Sorry. Put you on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm not ready enough. Uh, so, our podcast is we talk about everything pop culture under the sun from movies to anime to books. Sometimes music. Uh, it's uh, me and my co-host. We are actually really best friends from years on, and we just started this podcast. And we are on anywhere you catch a podcast, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the good stuff. Anime? Anime. Always anime. <laughs> Why don't you understand that anime belongs in the trash? Awesome. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're glad to have you here this week. Uh, Markellis, how the hell are you? I'm good. I'm good. I finally, I put up my review uh, for the first time in a long time on a website. And now I actually opened up my Letterbox account and started to put some more reviews on there. So uh, yeah, yeah. Things are, are going back into the movie review section. I threw up a couple of uh, horror movie reviews because I was a guest on Cult 45 as they are going through their uh, Friday, Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> So I will be uh, upcoming on one of their shows. And I'm not a big horror movie fan, so it was, it was a really fun experience for me. Oof, I'm jealous. I'm what about not. The, what about the <laughs> Bye Bye Man? Is that one that you added on there? <laughs> I forget that I even see that movie until you bring it up. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> I just like to serve them up nice and easy for you. Uh, Aubrey, how the hell are you today? Um... I am living the dream. Uh, I don't even know what week I'm on in class. In my classes, uh, I've been making a campaign poster for my dog <laughs> to be president for one of my classes. <laughs> and uh, Noah told me that I am nothing the other day. <laughs> so wow. it's going great. Like, I don't know what your dog's platform is, but I'm voting for him. I'm telling yeah. you that right now. He's just all about free love and treats. <laughs> Got my vote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Loves cuddles and eating all day. Sounds good. <laughs> all right, and Joey, how are you doing, dude? I am. Uh, I'm good. I'm. I'm still recovering from this past week. Um, I'm sure I, if you've listened to the show before, you've heard me mention I'm a very, very busy person and I've been uh, working a lot and taking a leadership class at work. 
So this week I had to take uh, two Zoom meetings, which were three hours each. Of course, this the class isn't really set up for people that work third shift, so I had to find a way to get them all in and not have it completely destroy my work schedule. Um, so I had to take them both in one day. Uh, so Tuesday, so I worked Monday into Tuesday. We got home at 6.30 in the morning, so 7 a.m. on Tuesday. I went to sleep for a couple hours. I got up. I worked at my second job. I came home. I went to bed for a couple hours. I got up at 9 o'clock. I went to work from 10 p.m. to 6.30 a.m. into Wednesday, and then I came home, and I was going to upload the show and take a nap for a couple hours and um, go back to work, but I fucked up when I uploaded the show, so I had to spend time fixing it, so I didn't have time to take a nap. So I, I ended up having to go to work then and do the two meetings and I didn't get home until nine o'clock. So I had technically been awake for 24 hours straight. Oh, God. Gosh. Um, it was rough. I have never drank so many energy drinks in my life, but I made it. But now I'm in, I've been like recovering from that for, for days now. I'm still feeling it today. I'm still exhausted. My wife was just telling me, you know, we're not in our 20s anymore. And I'm like, I, I understand, but man, I could, didn't think this was going to like knock me on my ass for a week, but here we are. So other than that, that's it. I've been just uh, hanging out, watching TV, watching sports. And, uh, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to get ready to, uh, to rock and roll right now. Ready to go, ready to rock. Um, but enough about us, Mark Ellis, let's talk about us. Tell the listeners where they can find more. So is your podcast. All right. So everybody can go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find new episodes every week. Uh, you will actually find movie reviews from yours truly uh, right there on the website. You will also find some Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu streaming pics from our buddy the awesome Adam Mollyhawk. Uh, you will find our merchandise there. We have a Public store. Click on the Public button and check out some of our merchandise. T-shirts, sweatshirts, masks, coffee mugs, all types of things. Um, another great way to support our show is by doing your Amazon shopping through the link that we keep right on the website. Click on that Amazon logo, the big A. Do your shopping, receive your products, and that way you'll be helping out our tiny little podcast. Uh, another great way to support our show. Oh, sorry. You can also find our social media links on the website. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So definitely get at us. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review while you're there. You can find us on the Stitcher Radio app for your tablet or smartphone, Podbean, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube, Amazon Music, and we also have a Patreon page where you can support us monthly and receive a bonus content. Shout out to all of our podcasting buddies in the Geek World All-Stars Podcasting Network, especially Anna from the Pop Prism Power Podcast. Back to you, Joey. Hello, ladies. How'd you like to spend a little quality time with this sexy bard, huh? Oh, boy. All right. Well, on that note, we've got news to talk about, so let's do it. Let's talk news. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right. So this week in nerdy news, we got some casting news, uh, casting all over the MCU, actually, starting with number one. Our boy Jonathan Majors, who uh, you may remember from Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. Uh, he's also uh, starring in Lovecraft Country on uh, HBO Max. And um, I remember him from a little indie movie called The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which was uh, he was amazing in that movie. The movie was OK, but he was fantastic. Uh, but he has been cast to play King the Conqueror in Ant-Man 3. So... Number one, I'm surprised they already announced Ant-Man 3. Uh, number two, I can't believe that this up-and-coming actor is uh, going to be joining the MCU as a villain. Uh, he seems like leading man material. But uh, yeah, I think he's a good actor. I don't know anything about Kang. So again, I have to refer to our comic book guru, Joey. Joey, is this good casting? And what should we know about Kang the Conqueror? Um, yes, this is amazing casting. Um Obviously, as you said, he's a phenomenal actor, and uh, Kang the Conqueror is a huge uh, Thanos-level villain 
So first of all, there's no way he's just going to appear in Ant-Man 3. I'm assuming he will be in everything in Phase 4, 5. What what phase are we in? I don't know. Uh, Whatever phase we're in. (laughs) But uh, yeah, he is a uh, time-traveling villain technically or you know rumored to be sometimes depending on what you're reading okay a descendant of uh, uh reed richards from the fantastic four but uh the the most the main thing is, is that it's exciting to see that all the time travel that happened in endgame is going to have some very dire consequences the avengers decided to fuck around and find out uh with time travel and it opens up a lot of doors for cool storylines. He's been in some great storylines. Uh, I know they've been working very slowly towards the Young Avengers, and Kang plays a huge role in that uh, first major storyline of those characters. So that's even more exciting. And uh, yeah, I, I just uh, I'm really pumped. Uh, this is gonna be awesome. So. Nice. Now I'm excited for it. Um, Anna. What about you? How do you feel about Jonathan Majors playing King the Conqueror in Ant-Man? I am not too familiar with um, his work, but the little I've seen from that that new show that's on HBO, uh, I've been impressed with it. So uh, I'm actually pretty excited for it. And now just hearing what um, what Joey said, I'm, I'm, I'm more pumped. So I would like to see what it ends up being in these Marvel films. I just hope that, you know, they do a good job because I'm always, I'm always weary now. I just don't like getting emotionally attached to anything anymore, but I'm excited. (laughs) All right. All right. Aubrey, what about you? How do you feel about Jonathan Majors in Ant-Man three? I know you're a big Ant-Man fan. (laughs) Enormous Ant-Man fan. He makes complete sense. I love his superpowers. (laughs) I, um, who is he? He was in, remember we saw the movie The Five Bloods on Netflix a little while ago? Yep. He was Delroy Lindo's son, the kid that like tagged along. Oh, okay. I liked him. We'll see. It's Marvel, so it won't be like poo-poo so horrible. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We shall see. It's not DC, so. I will say that uh, him being, if he's such a big level villain, him being introduced in Ant-Man 3 seems kind of odd. But if they are going to do like a Young Avengers type story, I guess Ant-Man's daughter would would play a part in it, I would imagine. Right, Joey? Right. Okay. And we don't know how much he's going to be in it either. I I mean, I don't think he's going to be a main villain in Ant-Man 3. He might just appear kind of like Thanos did in Guardians of the Galaxy or something. But I mean, it may. It makes sense since uh, Ant-Man was one of the first characters to use quantum. Uh, quantum big word. Yeah, qu- <laughs> yeah. He used the quantum tunnel to time travel. So that's kind of like the beginning point. Yeah. yeah, it could be like when they hired uh, Andy Serkis for uh, Age of Ultron. And everyone knew he was just going to be the villain in, in Black Panther. But uh, yeah, that's, that, that seems about right. Get the villain in there early for an appearance. So yeah, I'm psyched. I think, I think that might be cool. All right. I hope so. All right, so for the second big casting news, we got Tatiana Mislani, uh, who you may remember from Orphan Black, the TV show Orphan Black, where she played uh, different clones of herself. Uh, she's also kicking ass in uh, the Perry Mason show that's uh, streaming too. Uh, but she has been cast as Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk, for the new She-Hulk TV show that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. She is an absolute phenomenal actress. Uh, if you don't believe me, just watch season one of Orphan Black. She's ridiculous. She can play anything. I don't know anything about She-Hulk, so I have no idea like what to expect. But if they got an uh, actress of her magnitude to be in it, I am watching it hands down. So, uh, yeah, what do you guys think of Tatiana Maslany? Uh, let's start with our guest, Anna. I love it. Uh, I think it was great casting. I, I actually couldn't think of anyone for that role, but then when it was announced, I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that's that's perfect." Um, I I have a major girl crush on her, so <laughs> yay! Awesome, All right, Aubrey. What about you? How do you feel about Orphan Black as uh, She Hulk? Um, I don't. I've never watched Orphan Black, uh, but I will take on. Um, <laughs> is it Anna or Anna? Anna. Anna. <laughs> okay, I have a friend, and her name is Anna. And so I just got confused and tripped up because I just read her name too. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I won't take Anna's word for it. 
All right, Joey, what about you, dude? Uh, I have a confession to make. I've never watched Orphan Black. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. no watch Orphan Black. Huh? Oh, actually, you know, I it's not that I've never watched it. Um, I have, and Mark, you have some of the same friends as me who uh, hype that show up to no end. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried to watch it and watched like the first five minutes of it. And I was like, yeah, this shit isn't for me. And oh. I shut it off. So. I have no idea. I don't know. I I, I have no idea <laughs> anything about it or the actress. Um, I'm ex- very, very excited for the show, depending on the direction it goes. So um, hopefully it's going to keep the goofiness of the more recent comic books, which is kind of almost more like a sitcom kind of feel about being a super powered lawyer. Uh, it could be pretty amazing. And uh, I don't know. Everybody seems to think this is great casting. So, Anna, did you ever watch? You watched Orphan Black, I'm going to assume. Yeah, a little bit. My co-host actually watched it, was an avid watcher of it. But um, the little I watched, I loved. And then um, she did like a tiny little guest uh, guest spot in um, Parks and Rec. And I loved her in that. So just kind of all bled in. And I'm like, ah, you're amazing. I love you. <laughs> and I had to have seen her. I've watched all of Parks and Rec. She was uh, season six. She was Tom's girlfriend for like two episodes. The doctor, uh, the one he faked uh, being British for a little bit for. Huh. Uh, yeah, you guys lost me now. <laughs> well, I can say that she is a phenomenal actress. And in any show that is uh, lucky enough to have her cast is there. It's going to be good because she legit played like an orphan black she had to play like probably like five or six different characters mm-hmm. and if you watch the show you would honestly think it was five different actresses like she's that good she's amazing mm-hmm. so uh yeah so that's going to be on Disney Plus they haven't started filming anything yet we're still waiting for like Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh WandaVision we're still waiting for the first MCU Disney Plus show so we probably won't be seeing the show for a long time Long, long time. Right. I think I think they cast Miss Marvel also, but they haven't announced it yet. So I know that they cast um the directors for some of the episodes. The guys that did Bad Boys for Life are gonna be doing some of the episodes. So uh that's exciting. Yeah. I, I think that it's it's done. They just haven't announced it because some of the quote unquote insiders that I follow on Twitter have been like hinting around about that they know who it is, but they can't say yet. So I'm sure before this comes out, it'll drop and we'll all sound stupid. But um, yeah, so the things are things are moving. Things are happening. All right. So then, so now let's talk about a couple of trailers that dropped. Uh, the first one is for a new movie coming out called Love and Monsters. Uh, it stars Dylan O'Brien, who you may remember from the Maze Runner or uh, MTV's Teen Wolf. And Jessica Henwick, who you may remember from. From my dreams. <laughs> From the, from the Netflix uh, Marvel TV shows, uh, mainly Iron Fist. It looks very zombie land-ish. Uh, it seems about a couple that are in love and the world's attacked by monsters and they get separated. And the boy has to find a girl and he meets some interesting characters along the way. Uh, and it seemed more comedic than serious. But uh, yeah, it's coming out in October, not to theaters. Uh, but it will be released, and uh, I don't know. The trailer kind of reminded me of Zombieland, so it, it could be good. But uh, what did you guys think of it? Let's start with Aubrey. It reminded me of Zombieland, too. Yeah. Is that Woody Harrelson? Because if it is, then it's totally Zombieland Part 2. Part 3. Uh, no, that Whatever was like, they're at now. It was actually Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. It looks just like Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Like, right <laughs> um, I uh, I feel like I've seen this movie about five times in my lifetime already, so it it, it um, sparked nothing inside of me. <laughs> well, it's gonna go up to number six then, because um, we're watching it. Uh, Anno, <laughs> what did you think of the trailer for Love and Monsters? Uh, I actually liked it. Uh, I'm a big Dylan O'Brien fan. Um, I run. Those are words I thought I'd never hear on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I run his fan club. No, just kidding. Um, I'm just, (laughs) I don't know. Not just a member. I'm also the president. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) CEO, all of that. Uh, no, I, I thought it was cute and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll watch this. I'm not like 
really into these type of movies, but for Dylan O'Brien, I was like, okay. And then I really actually, I just clicked where I knew that actress from, and it was from that movie, Underwater. So I was like, okay, I think I'll definitely be watching this movie. It just kind of looks like a fun movie, and I need something fun. Yep, yep. All right, Joey, what about you, dude? It has has your girl in it, so what do you think? Oh, well, of course, we're all. I'm a huge Maze Runner fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what though? Um, not even joking around. The for I didn't see the other two, but the first Maze Runner movie was like shockingly not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember because Janine was reading those books and she's real into the books and stuff. And I remember I was bored and it was on HBO. At, this is like years ago, and I watched it and I was like, "Wait, this didn't suck." <laughs> Yeah. Wait a minute. So I remember like actually liking that movie. I never watched the other ones, but uh, yeah, I know the first one was pretty cool. And obviously, I love Jessica Henwick. Um, she's the X-wing pilot of my dreams. So um, this looks fun and goofy. Um, it just looks like something you would watch on I don't know, like FX or some <laughs> FX Saturdays yep. or something. Yep. Um, it's for the fun. best kind of Saturday there is. That's right. <laughs> and uh, it just looks enjoyable, I guess. Uh, we'll see. I love Michael Rooker, especially when they let him go nuts with some kind of weird role. So uh, this could be interesting and fun. I'm not expecting Citizen Kane, but uh, I'm expecting at least a three out of five from it. So uh, I'm all in. Let's do it. Cool. Cool. So it comes out October 16th. We will be checking it Add out. Add it to the list. Anna, have you ever seen uh, American Assassin? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went to go see it opening day. <laughs> I actually really like the books. Okay. I actually really like the books. And when they cast Dylan O'Brien and I was like, yes, I need this in my life. So yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. Wow. You are the president of the fan club, aren't you? I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw American Assassin. I saw it and I'm like, there's no way. Like when I saw that he was cast, I'm like, there's no way this goof, goofball is going to play a, a killer. But he was surprisingly really good. I kind of forgot what a, what a goofball he normally is. Yeah, I thought he did a really good uh, job. And he, he's the perfect cast for that character. So, I mean, I wish they would continue it, but <sighs> oh well. Right. Okay, so then the last trailer, uh, speaking of uh, X-Wing pilots of our dreams, we got the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer that's going to be dropping also in October. Uh, we got some scenes, some more Baby Yoda, some X-Wings, some speeder bikes with Biker Scouts, and uh, just a little bit more Star Wars goodness that's going to be happening. So let's go around the room and see what do we think of the Mandalorian trailer. Let's start with Joey. Um, you know, what, what did you think I was going to think of it? <laughs> it looks fucking awesome. Uh, it looks exactly what I want, which is more of the same. <laughs> I have no problem with that. I have no shame in that. I, I, I'm very happy with just more of the same. And it had, um, Sasha Banks was in it. So. Yeah. For those of us who, who don't know who Sasha Banks is, could you please explain? Uh, she is a wrestler in the WWE. And uh, she's really, really attractive. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. (laughs) So, and uh, no, she's really cool. Um, She's from Boston, actually, Mark. So, uh, yeah, represent Massachusetts. But uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting. I'm I'm really excited to see where it goes storyline wise. I just hope it doesn't get too up its own ass with uh, Clone Wars and Rebels references. That's my main my main worry about anytime I see Dave Filoni working on stuff is that as much as I like him and I like the idea of him as star Wars is Kevin Feige. Sometimes he does get up his own ass with the references to uh, clone wars and stuff that are not, uh, they're not like mainstream references. So it starts to get bogged down and stuff. And I don't feel like as many people care about some of that stuff as they think do. So um, other than that, I'm excited. So give me more. Give me, give me more. Like Britney Spears says. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, Aubrey, what did you think of the Mandalorian trailer? I think it looks good. Um, I don't have much to say about it. I mean, it does. It looks really good. So I'm excited. Even though I don't sound excited, I am. <laughs> <laughs> this is your excited face. Yeah, yes. this is me excited. This is me angry. This is me sad. 
nice. All right, uh, Anna, what about you? How did you feel about the Mandalorian trailer? Um, I liked it. I did. I just, uh, I was not going to watch this trailer because I made a vow to never get emotionally attached to anything. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Like Um, ever? Like nothing in life? Well, just TV shows. I can't do it anymore. I'm not over certain things. But um, (laughs) I watched it and I really liked it. Uh, I'm excited, but I, I just hope that it, I hope it's good. Like it looks really good, but I don't want to get my hopes up. So I'm just going to keep it just steady. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, if there's one thing I know about Star Wars fans is that they love Star Wars unconditionally. So there is no way this show is going to fail at all. There will never be a point where people will look at this and be like, oh, this is awful or jump the shark or whatever. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed. More Baby Yoda. That's what I'm saying. I, 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 do, I do have to say I loved the end of the trailer when those guys are like threatening the Mandalorian and then he closes baby Yoda's um, little capsule. Yep. No, baby. baby Yoda closed it, right? Did he? Yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> baby Yoda just seems so much like not this shit again. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to hide out. <laughs> so cute. So yeah. Give me more, please. All right. So uh Mandalorian starts airing October 30th. So, uh, we will be uh, we will be jumping all back into that. Um, all right, so yeah, so that's it. That's it for the news. That's all I got. All right, well, we're gonna take a quick break and we come back with getting to know you. Are you fascinated by the unknown and the unsolved? Well, then welcome to Dose of Deception, where two queens from Queens, Shannon and Emily, come together to talk mystery, murder, missing persons, and all things conspiracy theories. Catch us every week for Freaky Friday at anchor.fm slash dose of deception or on Spotify or Apple or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dose of deception to stay updated. You can also join our Facebook group at dose of deception. Bye, Bye, Queens. And we are back. All right, guys. So we're going to do another round of getting to know you. This time, it's going to be the top musical albums that influenced us throughout our life and our youth. Is that right, Aubrey? Yes. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. What, what is the um, show about again? <laughs> wait, what are we talking about? Um, so this is uh, a little thing we like to do every now and then. We invite on one of our good friends from the world of podcasting. We count down our t- a top three of something, and you guys get to know us and them a little bit better. So we're going to start with Aubrey because it's your topic. <laughs> so in your number three album that influenced you in your life. I would say uh, Bon Jovi Crossroad. Okay. Um, I, I listen to that album all the time. It has Living on a Prayer, Keep the Faith. Um, Wait, is that a greatest hits album? And probably. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it is. It is a greatest hits album. But I love it. Does that count, guys? Are we allowed greatest hits albums? Yeah, 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 yeah. That can count because you could want to start over. No, you <laughs> We're trying to figure out our album. You might not be able to. You might not have been around when like the first album dropped. But you know, if you got it eventually on a greatest hits, that counts. See, Crossroad came out in 1994, and I was born in '91, and a lot of the songs on it are from '82. Right. So, to me, it's like a brand new album. Counts. <laughs> Counts. Right. There's my argument. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> so, why is this album so important to you, Aubrey? I loved this album growing up. I listened to it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I burned through it uh, because I loved it so much. And um, I would just yell the words throughout the house. So, I loved it. All right. Any of you guys uh, listen to any Bon Jovi, uh, Marcellus? Yeah, I'm sure I listened to some back in 82 <laughs> when, uh, when uh, Slippery When Wet was a big deal. Uh, uh, I'm sure I listened to those songs. <laughs> what about you, Anna? You're a big Bon Jovi fan? I mean, I like living on a prayer and it's my life. So that's all I got. But I love right. them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I could not be a... Uh, a white person of the age that I am <laughs> without being <laughs> at least a little bit of a Bon Jovi fan. Uh, I did see them in concert um, with my wife and I, I will say it was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. So, and, and it's, you would be surprised even you guys, Mark and uh, Anna 
that you're like, yeah, they're all right. If we went to go see them in concert, you would realize that you know the word to like 90% of the songs <laughs> that they're going to play. And they're all stories about Tommy and Gina. That's right. They never back down. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Bon Jovi. It's fun. But all right. And when you said Crossroads, I was like thinking Bone Thugs and Harmony. But, but, you know, I guess we'll just keep being lonely at the Crossroads. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go to Anna for her number three. Oof, number three. Uh, okay, you guys are going to judge me. Yep. Um, Spice Girls? Yes. Spice Girls. <laughs> I had to. I had to. It's a really hard decision, but that was a really big part of my, my childhood because um, that was the first English album I ever bought. And I remember my mom had to take me to Sears, and she didn't understand, like, what what band I was looking for, but I was like, it's Spice Girls. I saw it at a talent show, and I must get this album. Um, but it was such a big deal because it was like the first English album that I bought, and it was like my my intro to pop music as I as I know it now. But yeah, that that was a that opened my eyes when I was in fifth grade. So it's an yeah. amazing yeah. album. Yeah, an amazing movie. <laughs> oh, what? oh, that movie. Yes. What is your favorite song off the album? Wannabe. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first song I heard. So that's like the all time fave. <laughs> Did your mom immediately ban all English music from the house after you <laughs> bought the album? No, thank God. But Take I the Selena CD and never come back. <laughs> right? Yeah. I guess stick with the Selenas. Uh, yeah, she was okay with it. The, the music videos were very provocative. So that was one thing. But the music was okay. And of course, you got to ask who your favorite Spice Girl was. Posh. Posh. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's unexpected. Right. Uh, Marcellus, you're a big Spice Girls fan. I'm a huge Spice Girls fan. Huge. I knew it. Huge. And I. It's and... like an English version of K pop, right? <laughs> yeah. You could say that. I hated. I hated the thought of Spice Girls so much. Like when they first came out, just the thought of them was just like, ugh, just couldn't stand them. And then I went to see the movie. To like laugh at it and like three quarters of the way through the movie, I'm like, this is amazing. I think I love them now. <laughs> and then from that point on, I'll, and 100% honest, the first DVD that I ever bought, Spice World. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have the Spice World video game for PlayStation 1. <laughs> yeah. I also had that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it sounds like you were a Spice Girls fan, Aubrey. I was actually. I was. Um, me and my cousins would go outside and pretend to be the the Spice Girls. We'd have a boombox and we would put in the CD and we would play it, and we would each be a Spice Girl. Nice. All right. Well, Marcellus, who's your favorite Spice Girl? I I can't pick one. I can't pick to. one. Uh, um, uh, Scary Spice. Yeah. Okay. Aubrey. It's tough. Um, it's like picking your favorite child. I know. It really went in between like the years. So I really liked Sporty Spice growing up a lot. And I also liked um, Ginger. I liked her a lot too. Mm-hmm. I liked her red hair. But it was so which, cool. which one out of the two? I'm going to go with Sporty. All right. She had a really good career after Spice Girls too. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've always been more of a ginger kind of guy. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to Markellis for his number three. All right. So my number three is uh, this was a tough list to make. But again, this is uh, influential albums growing up. So this one came a little bit later in life. It is Everything But The Girls Walking Wounded. Probably my favorite album. One of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, it came out in 1996. I was like prime uh, 20s age during that time. I don't even sing it to me. I don't even know what this is. Yeah, I don't know if they had any, any. I don't know if they had any really big major hits. A lot of people would know their song um, "Missing" um, and "I Miss You," like the deserts miss the rain. It's like a slow song. I used to like make fun of it on Saturday Night Live. I have no, I, I don't know. I don't know what this is. I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. Perfect. We're going to listen to it now. That's, like, that's exactly the way I, I want it. So the, the reason I came across them is because they had a song on The Saint, 
soundtrack, the movie The Saint with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, Elizabeth Shue. Did you pick this on purpose because you know that Paul listens to the show? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so they had a song on the Saint soundtrack, and uh, I kind of liked that song. I thought it was cool. Then I checked out the album, and it kind of blew me away. It's uh, I love stories that are like kind of conflicting or kind of opposing each other. And this album is a good blend of it's acoustic music with electronic dance beats. And it's very happy songs about really sad subjects. So they kind of contradict each other. Um, but it came out in 1996 and I play it nonstop. And it is hands down one of my favorite albums of all time. All right. Um, I've never heard of this and I'm going to have to do some investigating to see what the hell it is. You Anna, have, have you ever to. heard of it? <laughs> no, I am drawing a blank. <laughs> Aubrey? <laughs> Uh no, I don't. I don't even know what it is. This is why Mark doesn't share anything ever. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we love when you share. All right. Um, I got nothing. I don't have anything to add to this conversation because I don't know what it is. <laughs> so let me ask you, Mark. Do you think any of us would like it? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Says it hold, all. Hold on. I'll, I'll play some of their their big famous song for you. Hang on. Yes! Okay, I know what that is. All right, so that's everything. Okay, now I I know what that is. Okay. (laughs) Nobody just knows their name. (laughs) So you're a big Night of the Roxbury fan, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, just because of that one song. That turned that turned it around for me. <laughs> All right. All right. I guess it's my turn then, huh? Yes. Number three. All right. So my number three is an album that's very important to me and it means a lot. Uh Bad Baby featuring little Yachty. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> All right, sorry. PP Cocaine featuring uh, <laughs> Big Daddy Kane. Sorry. Um, no, m- uh, my number three is uh, Weird Al Dare to Be Stupid from 1985. This was the very first anything music I bought with my own money. I will never forget as long as I live because we went to a strawberry store, <laughs> which, if you don't know what that is, um, it was a, a music store. They sold tapes <laughs> and CDs and records. Um, and we went there with my family and I had a bunch of nickels and dimes and pennies in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> and I used that and counted it all out on the counter very slowly, I'm sure, to uh, purchase Weird Al Dare to be Stupid uh, on tape. And that was the first musical album I ever bought. And it's hilarious. At least I thought it was at the time. I don't know if it is still hilarious. Maybe um, I still think it is. But it uh, has uh, hit songs like Like a Surgeon and Yoda. And uh, I just think it's awesome. It was <laughs> probably a big influence in shaping uh, my sense of humor as well throughout my life. So uh, Weird Al, Dare to be Stupid from 1985 was my pick for number three. Uh, Aubrey, are you a big Weird Al fan? I was, yeah. I did really like Weird Al in the late 90s. Late nineties, jeez. Markellis. Yeah, you couldn't escape Weird Al back in a day. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't own any of his albums at all. I wasn't that big of a fan, but uh, yeah, I enjoy him. All right, and Anna, how about you? Yeah, I was a fan. Yeah, I like his songs. Yeah, I like them. <laughs> no love for Weird Al from you guys, but I mean, at least you know what it is. So I guess that's a step <laughs> in the right direction. Uh, that's a plus. <laughs> All right, Aubrey, hit us with number two. My number two is AFI's uh, Sing the Sorrow. Uh, came out in like 2003, but again, I listened to that album so many times I burned out the disc. It just, it, I loved that album. It was the first one that actually drew me a little bit away from like classic rock, which is what I only listened to up until that point, and got me a little bit more into more mainstream uh, music but the lyrics in it are just beautiful the um, instrumentals are beautiful and it's just it's a great album 
All right. Uh, I saw them in concert with uh, Rancid and Sick of It All a long time ago. I think right after I graduated high school. So I definitely uh, do not really like them that much. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just what? not my thing. But I know a lot of people are into them. It's not mm-hmm. for any particular reason. I don't just like, I'm not like, oh, they suck. It's just not my thing. But They're actually Josh's favorite band. And that's um, how we matched on um, Bumble was I had them as like one of my top favorite bands and he's like, Oh my God, you like AFI? It's like, yes. There's <laughs> <laughs> my little sweet story. We matched over AFI. Aww. All right. Well, I guess that counts. Marcellus, how about you? I've never heard of the American film Institute. I didn't know they had an album out, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they've got a punk band. <laughs> That's that's amazing. I've been watching movies for years. I had no idea. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Um, Anna, and how about you with AFI? Oh, they're one of my favorite bands. I actually got to see them a few years ago, and that was like the highlight of my thirties. Uh, so yeah, I like them. I love them. I'm trying to find a way to get Josh to meet Davey Havoc because that's his dream. And he said that he would pay somebody a lot of money if he could find a way to meet him. So I'm like, well, I'll get a lot of money. So I got to find a way to make sure he meets him. Mm. I thought you would just be doing it out of the goodness of your heart. Fuck no. (laughs) Do you know me? (laughs) I always thought the lead singer looked like a uh, goth B. Arthur for some reason. Anyway, uh, Anna, you're number two. Okay. Uh, so uh, my number two is uh, Gogo Bordeaux, and I'm probably saying this wrong, Gogo Bordeo Gypsy Punks, that kind of came in at a time where uh, I was, was struggling with like being Mexican-American and all that stuff. And I listened to this album, Immigrant Punk was the first song I listened to, and that kind of just sparked a rebellious phase in me where I was like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to go all punk and stuff. So, yeah, that that band is amazing. I love uh, Eugene. He's like the, the singer lead guy and he's amazing. So that's just my all time favorite band. That, that album changed my life and my perspective on uh, being an immigrant punk. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, I I like that. I love that band, actually. I, I have listened to almost all their stuff. They were to, they went on tour with Madonna, if you can believe that. Yeah, no, they're, they're legit live. Oh, my gosh. That's like one heck of a party and takes weeks to recover from. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would like to see them live, but I don't want to see Madonna. So um, I guess I'll wait. But uh, Aubrey, have you ever heard of this band? Nope. <laughs> Mark Ellis. <laughs> Uh, no, I've heard of Madonna, though. Does that count? <laughs> yes. Dude, well, I, I have heard of this band, and I agree with Anna that they're awesome. So. I would totally go see Madonna. Or, I'm sorry, I would totally go see them if they were opening for Madonna, because I love Madonna. Would you see 2020 Madonna bathing in a bath of, bathtub of milk? No. Uh, yeah, sure. Sure, why not? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> No, she kind of looks like the bad guy from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang now. But um, anyway, um, Marcellus, what is your number two? All right. So my number two is an album that I uh, heard one song from and immediate, immediately had to run to the record store to get the whole album. It is Run DMC Raising Hell. Uh, the, from the someone brought it to school. We we're doing like some kind of show and tell thing or whatever, and someone put that album on. And I liked hip hop before, but when I heard that song, when I heard Peter Piper, I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. I love hip hop, and I immediately went out and got the album and played it nonstop. I still have it, that original vinyl. So, um, yeah, Run DMC, Raising Hell, 1986. I know everyone knows uh, Walk This Way, but uh, Peter Piper is the fucking jam on that album. Awesome. 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 Run DMC is amazing. So I can't really can't really add anything to that. Uh, Anna, are you a big Run DMC fan? I can't say I am, but I do know <laughs> some songs and I mean, I, I enjoy them. So as far as I'll go, <laughs> as long as you've heard of them, that's all I like. It's all I can ask for at this point. Yeah. So. All right. Aubrey, what about you? I, I have heard of their work with Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> 
actually my introduction to them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I don't have much exposure to Run DMC. It, I, I have very little, so it's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, do you remember when they did the theme song for Degeneration X on wrestling? No, no, that might have been way beyond beyond my time. Um, it was it's awesome, by the way. Really? <laughs> Just look it up on YouTube. <laughs> it's like one of the best like uses of celebrities and music for wrestling there is. But yeah, Run DMC is awesome. So yeah, good good bring, good bring, Marcellus. All right, uh, I guess it's time for my number two. Um, this is so raw. This is weird because you're like putting yourself out there, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so my number two is uh this is a band and i was probably about i want to say five four or five years old uh my mom rented their movie for us to watch when my my mom and dad went out for a date night or something so me and my sister and our friends like we're at our house and we get to watch this movie which in retrospect is a hellaciously inappropriate movie to watch but it also fits in with my mom letting us watch whatever the fuck we wanted (laughs) So, uh, that movie was Rock and Roll High School starring the Ramones Ooh. and um, they were always one of my favorite bands after that even though I had no idea what punk rock was or even liked quote unquote liked that type of music but after seeing the movie I just assumed that they were like this super popular band that was like the coolest people on earth <laughs> so eventually um, I was able to get my hands on sorry Aubrey their greatest hits album <laughs> 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 uh, Ramones Mania that came out in 1988, which is a compilation of almost all their stuff up until that point. And it's just, it's phenomenal. It's, it's the, uh, building block of punk rock. They were the first punk rock band. And mm-hmm. it's something where if it went before you knew, I knew what punk rock was. If somebody said, listen to punk rock music, I would be like, Ooh, that's scary. And, and I don't know what that is. And, and I would be like scared to listen to it. But this is like not scary. <laughs> it basically sounds like um, like a heavier version of the Beach Boys, really, with kind of a goofy sensibility. Um, and it's fucking great. And there's so many good songs on here. And being um, able to listen to this at a young age and have it kind of build a foundation for liking punk rock music led to me going to punk rock shows um, starting when I was in high school, which really opened a huge door to other things for me and um and uh, pretty much all the music i listened to up until that point really what after that was uh was punk rock music and stuff i picked up going to local shows and whatnot so it was huge album for me but uh yeah ramones mania is my number two uh anna do you like the ramones i know of them (laughs) that's about it (laughs) all right i'm so bad (laughs) mark ellis what about you Dude, when you said you had watched the movie, I thought you were going to say the village people can't stop the music. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I'm not. I know of the Ramones. Uh, I became more familiar with them when we started to wear the T-shirts of the Soul Wizard podcast logo design kind of after them. That's when I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's the Ramones. So, uh, yeah, I kind of know of them a little bit, but I can't say I've ever actually listened to like more than one song. And I, I've never seen that movie, actually, believe it or not. Oh, well, I want us to, to do it at some point <laughs> in the future for like a not like I hate you now watch, but like maybe I like dislike you now watch or something. OK, All right. add it to the list. Yeah. Well, I mean, all you need to know about it is that Roger Corman wanted his own version of Greece and he decided to make it with the Ramones. So like, it's hellishly bad, but amazing at the same time. Um, Aubrey, what about you and the Ramones? Not a big Ramones person. What? Um, I know. And, and, you know, punk music is, I'm not a big punk music person. I like AFI and I like some Green Day. I like The Offspring, but I don't, like, I'm so picky about my punk music. <laughs> are you, are you like wounded, Joey? Because, like, the Ramones are like, I'm, I'm, I'm just taking a deep breath and I'm not responding to this. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all right. It's fine. It's okay. We'll just move right along to uh, <laughs> whose turn is it? It's mine. <laughs> it's yours. All right. So this is it. This is your number one. 
my number one album is Black Sabbath's Paranoid album. I I love this album. I mean, it has War Pigs, it has uh, Fairies Wear Boots, it has Paranoid, um, Iron Man, Hand of Doom, Electric Funeral, um, and all the greatest songs. Except for and there's a like I like NIB and Snow Blind and stuff, and those are on different albums. But this one embodies the greatest of all of the Black Sabbath hits, and um, I am a I, I have been a huge Ozzy fan my entire life and uh i was gonna pick an ozzy album but i would say that even the ozzy albums that i really listened to didn't branch me off to other musical endeavors like black sabbath did um when i was listening to ozzy i really just kind of stuck with listening to ozzy but then when i started to dive deeper into music and i got it more into black sabbath then I started to look into like Blue Oyster Cult and um, all of that other stuff. So, yeah, the Paranoid album is definitely one of my favorites. All right, awesome. Um, not a huge Ozzy or Black Sabbath fan. So take take that, <laughs> take that. Hey, you have wounded me back. <laughs> Um, I don't know why. I never was a big Ozzy guy. Obviously, I like the quote-unquote hit songs. Like, I'm a total Ozzy poser, I guess. But never. anytime I've tried to dive deeper into it, it just wasn't my thing. So, not for me. Um, Mark Ellis, what about you? Yeah, I've heard of Black Sabbath. Um, <laughs> no, I did. When I, uh, when I went to Lollapalooza a few years ago, they were playing. So, I did go and check them out a little bit. Um, so... Yeah, I have friends who love Black Sabbath and, you know, used to listen to it all the time. Growing up, uh, I was never a big fan of it. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I knew enough of them to go and check them out at Lollapalooza. All right, Anna, what about you and uh, Ozzy and Black Sabbath? I mean, I know of them. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm pretty sure I've listened to a couple songs, uh, but it's a, a band that I would actively, like, seek out. But... I, I don't know. It's just I've listened to it, and I can I can enjoy it for what it is. This is how Mark felt when I poo pooed all over Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the tables have turned! <laughs> all right, Anna, what is your number one? Oh man, uh, this is actually the when you asked me this question. Earlier this week, this is the first album that popped into my head. Uh, this is the first big electronic album that I really got into. Uh, I got into the electronica music. As I think it was, I wouldn't say it was facing out, but uh, it was reaching its peak. It, this one's uh, by an artist named BT, and the album was Emotional Technology. And it has a weird connection to the NSYNC. So that's the only, I think that's the only reason how I found it, because... Uh, JC was in it, and so it kind of just led me into this loop, like this whole of all this music. And I really enjoy this artist. He's very innovative, and he, I, I love his perspective on music and the way he uh, blends some. He'll blend classical and electronica, and I don't know, it just changed like my way of looking at or listening to music. And it, it had me seek out like different genres because I was just so stuck in the pop genre, and this kind of pushed me out to like open my horizons that i know <laughs> um i got nothing <laughs> i don't listen oh, to God. that at all at all not my thing yeah. uh Marcellus, what about you uh yeah back in the day um there's so much electronic music that was out and bt was definitely one of the the main headlining guys um during that time so i know i've listened to a lot of his stuff like uh, a lot of his dj stuff i don't mm-hmm. don't really remember any of the albums but that was that was a while ago um but yeah he's definitely a name like like if i dug up any of my old mixtapes from from that time period i'm sure most of the songs a good chunk of the songs on there or a good chunk of the mixes on there are from him so uh yeah, yeah i might have to check that out i might have to i might have to dive back into that world <laughs> he's like grandfather of trans come on yeah or, probably one of those i don't know i forgot but yeah he's amazing <laughs> Aubrey, I'm scared to ask. <laughs> I'm not an electronica person. I I love industrial music, um, <laughs> but 
not really electronica. I love Nine Inch Nails and Tool and Rammstein and Icebreaker. I know nothing about electronica. Josh is an electronica person, and Noah, for some reason, likes electronica. <laughs> Not Aubrey. It's too beep boop boppy for me. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Not even remotely my thing. Like not even a thing where I would have interaction with it. So I got I got nothing. Um, so I guess we'll move on to Mark Ellis's number <clears throat> one. All right. So uh, my number one most influential album is actually the first album that I actually bought with my own money. Took my money to the record store and bought it. And it's something that I kind of um, it's an artist that I was introduced to before. Um, from my parents' albums, but this is the album that was all mine that that uh, I felt I had ownership over, and that is the soundtrack to Purple Rain by Prince. Um, I knew that mm-hmm. his other albums, like I, I looking at the back of the albums, that you would always see written, composed, arranged, and performed by Prince. Like he did it all himself, and that as a little kid, that blew my mind that one guy could pretty much do almost an entire album by himself. So that kind of really sparked my imagination um, and kind of put them in my brain. And then when I went to see Purple Rain, I'm like, this is this is amazing. I need this album in my life. So uh, I bought it and it 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 was like kind of like a ground zero for my love of uh, all types of music. So, um, yeah, Purple Rain. All right. Anna, what do you think about Prince and Purple Rain? I mean, he's amazing. Uh, I love I love his music. So. I'm all about it. That's all I got. <laughs> Aubrey. Chocolate rain. <laughs> that's, oh, not that's chocolate not, rain. That's not that's quite the I same. Think of. <laughs> I never really got into Prince. I'm sorry, Mark. I tried. Oh, that's okay. It, You're, it just... I'm going to get you his greatest hits album for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm old like you, Mark Ellis. So while I'm not going to say I'm a Prince fan... I'm not a not Prince fan so much like um, some of the other artists we've talked about. Like I know all the hit songs, mm-hmm. never done a deep dive on a Prince album and, and I do enjoy them because what you guys that are young, like Anna and Aubrey don't understand is uh, back in the day, it was just like whatever they played on MTV was what you listened to. And that was it. Like you, you couldn't just like pick what you wanted to listen to. You can just go on YouTube and be like, oh, let's look at this video and this video. Nope. It's just whatever they played. And they played a lot of Prince. So. Mm-hmm. And they're good songs that are catchy. So, you know, I do know all the words to Raspberry Beret. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> now, Mark, if you could, would you ride around on a purple motorcycle with a pirate shirt on? If Apollonia was sitting behind me, hell yes. <laughs> I think that should be your next um, meme creator thing. <laughs> no, don't. Aubrey, Jesus, don't give him any ideas like that. I know what you're doing. She put it out in the universe, and now it has to happen. Damn it! Mm-hmm. That should have oh. been your uh, your Halloween costume or your next Dragon Con costume too. All right. Well, um, I have my number one pick, and it is. I'm sure none of you have heard of it. <laughs> none of you have listened to it. Uh, it is. And I'm again. I'm sorry, Aubrey. It's another greatest hits album. <laughs> Jesus. See? That's kind of why I was giving you shit because I knew that two of mine were like compilation albums. But this one, to be fair, like the I there was no physical way for me to ever acquire any of this without it being available on a CD altogether in one. Um it was uh Minor Threats complete discography from 1989 on Discord Records. Uh, Minor Threat, if you're not aware, was a hardcore punk band from the mid-80s in Washington, D.C. They were only together for about four years. Uh, In that time, they were one of the most influential hardcore punk bands in the fucking universe, Um, including inventing (laughs) Ian McKay, the lead singer, inventing the uh, concept and term of straight edge, uh, which is a lifestyle that you live that you don't. Uh, drink or do drugs or smoke cigarettes or have promiscuous sex and uh, that's something I've prescribed to since I was about 16 
and started going to hardcore shows and kind of fell into that whole subculture. So this album was extremely influential to me when I was a teenager. Um, it's amazing to begin with. Just musically, it's amazing. Lyrically, it's amazing. And, you know, it just really helped propel me into that whole world of uh, going to shows and listening to uh, hardcore and punk and uh, being straight edge, which I still am today. I actually have not broken uh, edge uh, yet. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't think I could at this point. I don't think I'd be allowed to as I'm, I'm the eternal designated driver among all my friends. But uh, yeah, it's uh, one of the most influential albums I've ever listened to in my life. So it just really struck a chord with me and then combine that with uh, the local scene and all the camaraderie in it. And it's just was a big, big deal to me. So uh, minor threat, complete discography. I'm sure none of you have heard of it. Uh, nope. 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 But I would have bet money that Iron Maiden would have been number one in there somewhere. Um, I love Maiden and I listen to Maiden more than anything in the world, but like, I don't know this I, I was trying to figure out things that were like super influential. And that was I thought it would have been an aquabat. That was a uh, honorable mention, I'll say. Yeah. That was in there, but we'll get to that. <laughs> All right, well since no one has ever heard of anything that I listen to, uh, we'll just skip along and have any honorable mentions. Uh, let's go to Aubrey. Honorable mentions. You don't have to explain them. Just throw anything out there then. Uh, Queen discography. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Grease soundtrack. <laughs> um, Ozzy Osbourne, No More Tears, and Mindless Self Indulgence. Frankenstein girls are sexy. All right, <laughs> I don't know what any of that that stuff. <laughs> I do know what some of it is. Uh, Anna, any honorable mentions? I know you can't say Selena or Menudo. Ah, <laughs> oh, <idiot>. come on. <laughs> Took away all my options. Um, honorable mentions. I'm just gonna throw in whatever Britney Spears album <laughs> from early 2000s. <laughs> uh, oops, I did it again. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I'll go with that one. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. I didn't even think about that. I was so focused on the three, I forgot about the other one. <laughs> uh, Marcellus, honorable mentions. Uh, very easy for me. Uh, Wonder Girls, Wonder Party, and uh, <laughs> Girls' Generation, uh, the first album, because uh, that kind of led me down this incredibly steep downward slope that I've been on these past uh, eight years of uh, K-pop. All right. Well, I, after mentioned by Aubrey, uh, Super Rad by the Aquabats, uh, there's a Operation Ivy uh, compilation of everything they released. Uh, uh, Iron Maiden Rock in Rio is probably the best one for you to jump into if you want to check out some Maiden. Uh, Scratch the Surface by Sick of It All. Um, there's just too much. I could go on and on and on and on. <laughs> uh, check out some Dragon Forest. Check out some Man of War. Uh, check out uh, Bad Baby and PP oh. Cocaine. Okay. <laughs> Do not check out Bad Baby. <laughs> All right. So that is it. That is our getting to know you uh, for this time. We talked about our most influential musical albums. Now it's time to wrap it up before we tap it up. Let's get some recommendations for the listeners out there. Let's start with Anna, our guest. Tell us where we can find Pop Person Power Podcast and give us a recommendation. Ooh, you can find us uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, Overcast, anywhere you catch your podcast. Uh, and a recommendation, uh, I actually unearthed all my comic books while I was moving. So uh, there was this one called Pretty Deadly, and it's like a Western horror. It kind of blends the Western horror genres, and I'm not really into horror, but I enjoy this comic book, and I love the artwork. It's gorgeous, so I highly recommend it. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for coming on with us. We greatly appreciate it. Everybody, definitely check out Pop Prison Power Podcast, one of our good friends on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Aubrey, what do you got for the listeners out there? Uh, everybody should go watch The Boys. Boys. It's, it's getting cray-cray. So that's all I'll say. I, um, I'm an episode behind, so I might watch that after football later on. So. And Wait I will... until you see this week's new episode. 
I I have confusing feelings about Stormfront because she is hot, but <laughs> she's an awful person. So, <laughs> Marcellus, how about you? Uh, yeah, I wanted to recommend a movie called RBG. It's on Hulu. It's all about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who recently passed away. It was a movie that's always been on my list to check out, um, and I just never got around to doing it. So uh, with her recent passing, I wanted to just take a look at it and see, you know, just see what, why I got like all that hype it did years ago. And it's a really amazing documentary. The, what she was able to do for this country is astounding. So um, if you haven't checked it out, if you're curious about her life, if you're like me, who wasn't really up on what she accomplished, it's on Hulu and it's called RBG. All right. Well, I will suggest that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Movie reviews, streaming picks, so much more. SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now on Amazon Music. In case you have Amazon Music app, we'll be on there as well. And just about anywhere else under the sun you get podcasts, we'll be there. Check out our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube. Search So Is Her Podcast. There's hours of free exclusive content. Adam is dropping videos like crazy. Just an, dropped another unboxing as well as his own reaction to the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer. Don't forget our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash So Is Her Podcast. You can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive episodes. This month you get to hear our review of Get Duped from Amazon Prime as well as myself. I'll be talking about Class Action Park and more patreon.com backslash so is your podcast check out our store go to our website so is your podcast.com and click on the button on the right hand side that'll take you right to the store where you can buy merchandise including masks mugs t-shirts and everything else and that also helps monetarily support the show <sighs> it's a lot um ah, recommendations man I, I will second aubrey and say check out the boys uh it's boys <laughs> it's, it's great and um yeah, that, that's that's you know I'm just gonna stick with that. Go check out the boys, man, because it's good. I just I, I always caution people. It's a little bit of an acquired taste. It, it's a little mean spirited, and there's not a lot of people to cheer for in the show. So mm-hmm. if you, you are the type of person looking for happiness and uh, <laughs> a bright shining light in the darkness, this might not be the show for you. But uh, we'll be reviewing it as soon as the season is done. We will then go ahead and talk about the entire season once we get it on the show. But that's going to do it for episode number 320 of the So Wizard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey DiCarlo, my co-host, straight from the Pop Prism Power Podcast, Anna. Woo! <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you for having me. And Aubrey, the queen of all nerds, Litchfield. Somebody turned out the sun in the heat. <laughs> Seriously, it's getting cold up here. And the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagan. Everybody have a great week and Wakanda forever. Oh. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week when we review Enola Holmes straight off of Netflix. Ah, oh, pass. <laughs> Good journey. <laughs> There's no passing. <laughs> you have to watch it. 